Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. You have three things to call him. Either Jesus is a lunatic, as his brothers and sisters and mom thought, or he's a liar, as these people thought, or he's the son of God. It's your choices. See, he can't be a good teacher, because Jesus didn't say he was a good teacher. He said he was the son of God. So you can't be left with a good teacher, nice guy. He's either lunatic, liar, or the son of God. I believe he's the son of God this morning. That's who he is. The Bible is true, regardless of man's beliefs. There is only one way to get to heaven, and that's Jesus. The Jesus that is spoken of in the Bible is the true Messiah. Sadly, throughout the years, man has added to and taken away from what the Bible has to say. And because of that, people have a warped view of who Jesus truly is, what he stood for. So how can we steer clear from these falsities of our Savior? It's simple, actually. All we have to do is study the Word and believe it. From the reading of the Bible, we can learn the true characteristics of Jesus. We can know the message that He proclaimed. We can see how He walked. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 4 with the conclusion of our message entitled, The World of Unbelief. Jesus was too common for the people to realize. And we come to a great principle in verse 4. Jesus knew what the response would be in Mark chapter 6, verse 4. And he says this, And Jesus said to them, when they responded that he couldn't be the Messiah, Only in his hometown, among his relatives, in his own house, is a prophet without honor. You see, what Jesus was saying is, this isn't a new reaction. Because in the Old Testament, when prophets would come, the people would say, You can't be hearing from God. Samuel, you're hearing from God and many of the prophets. But this was true. Now you remember when Jesus, back in Mark chapter 3, when Jesus was ministering day and night, his own family came to pick him up and they said, you're a lunatic. Jesus' own brothers and family said, you're crazy. So here Jesus comes back into the town where he was raised. All the people basically say, you're nuts. His family rejects him. And into this mode of rejection, Jesus understands what's going to happen. Unbelief hinders ministry. One more verse. Keep your finger there in Mark and turn to 2 Corinthians, just a few books back, chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 4. Why with Jesus sitting in their midst, they knew his teaching was different. They understood he was a miracle worker. Why could they not identify a stool? Why, why couldn't they see Jesus for who he was? There's two reasons. The first you see in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Let's read it. The God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, 
who is the image of God. Now, who is the God of this age? That is Satan. So here's Satan's goal. By the way, Satan is the father of unbelief. That's how Satan works. So this scripture says the God of this age has blinded the minds, the spiritual minds of who? Of unbelievers. Now what has he blinded their spiritual minds to? One thing. What is it? It's right in front of you. It starts with a G. Very good. So, what does that mean? It means this. Satan's goal is to keep every unbeliever unaware or blinded to the truth of the gospel. Why? Because the only thing that will change you from an unbeliever to a believer is belief in the gospel. Let's explain it simply. When you were born, when I was born, we were born into sin. I have a sin nature. That sin nature separated me from a loving God. God would try to be reconciled to man, and he does this one way. He sent Jesus, who we're studying about this morning, to be the perfect sacrifice for my sin. Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected, and by that sacrifice being made perfect, I can then be right with God. That is the only way for me to be right with God is by accepting Jesus Christ. There is no other way. That is the gospel. That's the good news that says, if I'll admit my need of Jesus and repent of my sins and accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I will be born again and I'll be a Christian and spend eternity in heaven. Satan wants to blind the mind of unbelievers to that truth. How does he do it? Many ways. One of the ways that Satan does it is this. When the gospel is explained to people, they say, you mean I have to confess my sins, believe in Jesus Christ, and follow him? What else do I have to do? It's too simple. There must be something else that I have to do. But there isn't. It's by grace that you're saved. So he blinds people's eyes in this day by saying, it's too good to be true, isn't it? We're seeing the, some of these million-dollar people in the contest now, the lawsuits against, you know, you're a $12 million winner. Well, it's too good to be true, right? Well, when they see the gospel, Satan says, mm -mm, too good to be true. So he blinds them that way. So what do we have? We have many people today sitting in churches across the world. Some of you are here this morning. You've been going to church all your life. You're a good person. You're still a sinner, but you're a good person. And you think by coming to church, giving, sharing, serving, taking communion, that when you get to heaven, you're going to be right with God. And you're going to say to God, here I am. You saw how many times I went to church. You saw what I did. You, you saw the good things I did in life. And God's going to say, what did you do with my son? Jesus. Well, well I sang about him. Did you ever accept him? I didn't know I needed to. Do you know there's people that write me quite often and say, I went to church all my life and I never heard how to be a Christian. And when I came here, I was shocked that I had to do what you said to do. And then I saw it in the Bible. You see, Nicodemus came to Jesus one day and said, how do I get in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus says, well, here's the good news. You must be born again. And Nicodemus went, say what? Go back into my mother's womb? That can't happen. And Jesus said, no, it's a spiritual thing. See, Satan had what? Blinded his eyes. And some of you this morning, your eyes are blinded to the simple truth of the gospel. That's not by accident. That's because Satan designed to blind your eyes. 
The goal of a Christian and the goal of preaching is that the blinded eyes would be opened. Only one person can open blinded eyes. That's God. You can't open somebody's blinded eyes. How many have tried? How many have had it tried on you? Doesn't work, does it? Here's this unsaved family member. Man, I'm going to open their eyes to the truth. Come with me. And, and you know when they're sitting here this morning, they're going to get it. And they leave and they go, hey, cool band. <laughs> Who was the turkey that kept sitting down? <laughs> Nothing happened in their life. Why? They've been blinded to the simple truth of the gospel. Now, when people's eyes are opened... So here's Jesus sitting on the stool and the people are looking at him and going, can't be the Messiah. Satan was blinding their eyes. Now there's another step that I think is just as important and it's this. Once people's eyes are open to the truth of the gospel, one other thing has to happen. Once you know that you will never get to heaven unless you accept Jesus Christ. <laughs> we had a person in the first service who accepted the Lord and when he came forward, he said, I'm so embarrassed to walk in front of all these people. And I said to the folks, how many of you were embarrassed when you came up? And everybody raised their hand. He felt better already. What people have to do is this. When their eyes are opened to see what the gospel is, the good news, that they can be with God in heaven forever, not because of what they've done, but because of what Jesus has already done on the cross, they're left in one position, and that's they're left with their own will. You see, even though your eyes are opened, by an act of your will, you must choose Jesus Christ. There are many people today whose eyes have been opened. They know the truth, but they refuse to accept Jesus Christ. That's because God will never overrule your free will. I would like him to overrule some people's will, wouldn't you? But he won't, because he wants you to love him for who he is. So what happens is, over and over, people will hear the gospel... They refuse to believe, and some of them, you know, have this concept that when they get to be 96 and sitting in the hospital on their deathbed, they're going to call for a pastor, the pastor's going to come, lead them in salvation, they're going to go to heaven. Pretty risky move. First of all, you're missing out on all those years from now until whatever it is, serving Jesus Christ. It's the best thing in the world, is serving Jesus Christ. You're missing it. You're missing it. And secondly, secondly, you have no guarantee that you're going to have that opportunity to do that. So it's an act of the will. And many of these people just wouldn't accept Jesus Christ, even though their eyes are open. So when you see that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and there's no way to God except through Him, you have three things to call Him. Either Jesus is a lunatic, as His brothers and sisters and mom thought, or He's a liar, as these people thought, or He's the Son of God. It's your choices. See, he can't be a good teacher, because Jesus didn't say he was a good teacher. He said he was the Son of God. So you can't be left with a good teacher, nice guy. He's either lunatic, liar, or the Son of God. I believe he's the Son of God this morning. That's who he is. Now, the unbelief that these people have had an effect on them, but there's one thing worse. It had an effect on other people in the synagogue. Look at verse 5. Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. You see, here's what happened. In that synagogue, it would be like this church this morning. There was enough unbelief there that it hindered God from moving through Jesus in healing people. In our home, 
in the shower, somehow they've got this water restrictor or whatever. And it doesn't matter what you do with the faucet. Only so much pressure comes out. So when that is happening, what you see here is this. Does this verse mean that when Jesus came into this synagogue, and because of the, old, the people there, that his ministry was just constricted and he couldn't do any miracles? If that's true, we have a pretty sad God, don't we? If my unbelief can restrict God, what does that really mean? Well, here's what it means. Remember, God is God. He's omnipotent. God can do anything He wants, anytime He wants. Don't test Him. Israel did, and they paid for it. Don't test Him. He could do it. He could heal every sick person there. But what does this mean that He only healed a few? Here's what it means Jesus didn't do many miracles there, not because He couldn't, but because of their unbelief. Jesus would not heal. You see, Jesus and God normally operate through faith. It didn't restrict the Almighty God. He could have done whatever. But because of unbelief, He would not. Now think of the ramification of that. Parent, could your unbelief be affecting your children and their relationship with God? Oh, yes. Do you know, parent, by your unbelief, you could be restricting their spiritual lives this morning? Do you know by your unbelief at work, you could be restricting the move of God on people? Do you realize this morning, and this is what really hit me as during the week, that our unbelief here in this sanctuary could be impacting people trusting God for a change in their life? So see, unbelief is very dangerous, not only for me, but it has its tentacles and it reaches far into other people's lives. We must be people of faith so that God will continue to heal, will continue to minister with His power. Now that verse does give me a little hope because look there, it says, except a few people He healed. What did that mean? Well, a few brave people came through and said, No, I'm coming to Jesus. I'll be healed. I'm coming. Here they came and they were touched. I love it. Gives me hope, doesn't it? A few people said, I don't care what you believe. I'm reaching out and getting healed. Do you know when Jesus left towns, normally when you look back at the town he left, there were all these healed people and delivered people, whatever. What happened when he left Nazareth? Just a spattling of a few people. That's it. Number four this morning is this. Be realistic, expect unbelief. Watch what Jesus happens when he sees this unbelief. Look at verse 6. And it says, even Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. You know, that gives me hope too. That when we see a lack of faith, sometimes we get discouraged. It says, Jesus, after he sat there and he told them who he was and they had all the evidence, he was even amazed at their lack of faith. By the way, the lack of faith is still around us today. It amazes me, doesn't it? It amazes you as we look at people and they have the full-on proof of who God is and they still miss it. Now, before we miss this, let me give you the point quickly. This story isn't really just about Jesus. Jesus has with him in this story 12 disciples. 
The whole purpose for Jesus walking these three years is to show these 12 disciples who would then pass along to you and I because if you're a Christian this morning, you're a disciple. He was going to show them what life was all about. They just come from a great spiritual high, all these people being healed. What was happening now? What Jesus was saying to the disciples was this. Hey, if my brothers and sisters reject me, if this town rejects you, disciples, hey, listen up, disciples. Now, what do you think might happen in the next town you go to? Don't be unrealistic. Expect unbelief. In other words, you're going to find people reject you just like they rejected me. And if you turn to the book of John, we won't this morning, but John 15, here's what we find. Jesus says this, if they rejected me, they will reject you. If they made fun of me, they'll make fun of you. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So expect unbelief. Don't be unrealistic. So what God is trying to say in this real life story is this. Not everybody will choose Jesus Christ. The Bible says broad is the way to destruction. Narrow is the way to Jesus Christ. And few there are that find it. You know, that's not God's will. His will that everybody is. But he knows there's people with the plain facts in front of them will still reject Jesus Christ. So how do I respond to that? One of the things you want to make sure is that you don't become negative and critical. Just because everybody doesn't accept what you say, you have to watch that you don't become negative and critical. That brings us to point number five this morning as we close. It's called, Be Committed, Don't Give Up. Look at verse six. And it says, Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I've had it. There's nothing more I can do in this stupid town. These unbelieving people are driving me crazy. Nobody here is going to believe. I hate being rejected. I'm going to stop sharing. There's just no use. Disciples, go get your fishing boats and go back to fishing. I'm a carpenter. I'm going to Home Depot. <laughs> I'm going back to carpentry. Goodbye. Ever feel like that? after you've shared and been rejected, after the closest relative, you know they can see, you know they can see, you know they can see, and they still say, no, I'm not going to serve Jesus Christ. You see, you can't give up this morning. You have to go on. Some people will believe. We don't know when. We don't know what chance. We don't know how many times they'll hear, but some will still believe. So Jesus doesn't do this at all. Jesus doesn't give up. Satan would like to say to you this morning, your relative will never believe. He'll whisper in your ear, your co-worker at work laughs at you all the time. You know, in the break room, they're laughing at you. Quit sharing with them. They, they're never going to... That's Satan's a liar. Now, sometimes you do have to shut up, but you can still pray up. God will minister to their hearts. You know, the hope of Jesus gives me the hope. Later on, we know in the book of Acts that Mary, Jesus' mother, and his brothers came to believe in Jesus Christ. Right at this point, he's a lunatic, but later they came to believe. That should give hope to some of you this morning that have relatives that are looking at you like, what are you, in a cult or something? No, it's Jesus Christ. And just relax. They'll come along. Look at verse 6 as it ends. It says, Jesus went around teaching from village to village. What Jesus was trying to say to the people, to his disciples, was this. Hey, be committed to this gospel thing. It isn't all going to be easy. There's going to be some tough times ahead of you. People are going to reject you. They're going to make fun of you. You're going to be persecuted. In fact, you're going to die, most of you, for what you believe. Keep on. Keeping on. 
You see, unbelief will paralyze you. Belief will energize you. We live in a world of unbelief. Don't allow it to paralyze you. Keep going. Keep sharing. Keep praying. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister through you. Christian this morning, don't restrict God's power by your unbelief. You be believing. You be praying. You be interceding. You be sharing. Listen, I end with good news and bad news. The good news is God is a God of a second chance and a third and a fourth and a fifth and sixth and seventh. Here's the bad news. Listen. This was Jesus' which trip to Nazareth? Second. We have no record in the Bible that Jesus ever went back to Nazareth. You say, well, what does that mean? That's bad news. You see, people believe that you can come to Jesus Christ anytime you wish. That's false. The Bible says I can only come to God when, number one, He opens my eyes and when He calls me by His Holy Spirit. See, you can't just say, well, I'm not coming to God today. I'll come next Tuesday and I'll come to church and I'll come right in here and go up to the altar and God will accept me. That's not true. Religion will do that, but Jesus has to call you. So what's the bad news? Here's the bad news. Church is bad for you if you're an unbeliever. Did you know that? Church is bad for your spiritual health. You say, what do you mean? Here's what I mean. This morning you've heard how to become a Christian. You've heard that you have to acknowledge your sin and accept Jesus Christ. You can never stand on Judgment Day before God and say, uh, nobody ever told me that I had to accept Jesus Christ. You blew it by coming to church this morning. <laughs> and by the way, it's too late. I already shared it with you. Ushers, lock the door. We have a few more minutes yet. All right, now. So what does that mean? That's the fun part. Here's the hard part. Every time you reject God, your heart gets a little harder. There's only so many chances. I don't know what those are that God will speak to your heart. I'm not God. And I'm not certainly saying to you this morning, this is your last chance. But it could be. And here's the smart move. The very first time you hear God saying to you, I love you. I want to spend eternity with you. Won't you come to me? You see, he's at the door of your heart right now, if you're an unbeliever. And for some of you this morning, he's opened your eyes. And now you see you're a sinner, and you need Jesus Christ. You don't understand everything about the Bible. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was driving. I've been saved 49 years, and I've got a lot to learn yet. Man, do I have a lot to learn. But see, all you need to know is, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's all. And if you'll come, and if he's mentioned your name, you've heard him call you during the service. Maybe you've been a churchgoer all your life, but you've never said, I repent. I want you to come into my life. Today is your day. Don't harden your heart. That's why the Bible says, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart, but come to Jesus Christ. Pastor Mark gave us a warning today. He said that unbelief will paralyze you. It will hinder you from walking in the plan that God has for you. When you operate out of fear, doubt, and unbelief, you're saying that you don't trust in God. You don't trust His promises. And you don't have faith that He'll do what He has said. 
So, when you find yourself struggling with unbelief, deal with it. Cry out to God, help my unbelief. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll discuss what it means to travel with Jesus. In the Gospel of Matthew, he told his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Pastor Mark will use this portion of Scripture to remind us that we're to travel light. Our focus shouldn't be on material possessions. It should be on serving God and others. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.